faster, faster. We're almost there. Then I'll throw you into the mirror too. You'll never see your parents again or that mangy mud of yours. You are so cranky. Get a life. Do you know what that's from? No. That's Aunt Agatha, played by Cloris Leachman, in the 1993 made-for-TV movie Double Double Toil and Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was in that, wasn't Starring she? Starring Mary-Kate and Ashley. I really need to rewatch that movie. I don't remember this old woman you speak of. You know what's funny is the other day somebody texted me Double Double Toil and Trouble and it made me think of this movie because my sister used to watch it all the time. I watched it all the time. If I still had a VHS or VCR, I would be watching Mm -hmm. it so many times. I recorded that off TV and (laughs) I watched it every freaking year. Well, good. That's why I chose her as my witch to highlight. Mm. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah. Who remembers that gem? (laughs) <laughs> now everybody does uh, Welcome to Brunch with the Hollowells I hope you Charmies are having a great morning Or whenever you have decided to listen to our episode today Sean, we got some iTunes reviews Yay! Yes, people actually like us out there Can you believe it? Well, they like me That's probably true, (laughs) but let me read a couple. So uh, this is from the Film Flamers podcast. Smart, funny, informative. What a great start to this podcast. We highly recommend this podcast for anyone who's interested in a unique perspective on Charmed. A great way to rewatch or watch for the first time. A classic show with free, hilarious commentary. Aww. That was very nice. I'm going to read one more. And this is from Andrew H. 1984. I'm definitely a charmy. (laughs) (laughs) I came for the discussion around Charmed. I stayed for the great voices, chats, and fantastic chemistry. We over at Friday the 13th highly approve of this message. So this is from Friday the 13th podcast. Thank you, boys. Yes, we really appreciate those comments. Um, yeah, that that's great. We're doing we're doing all right on iTunes, but we can only get better with your comments and rating our show. So if you guys love our show, go to iTunes. Give us a small review, hopefully a positive one, and rate (laughs) our podcast, and uh, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. And thank you to anyone uh, who has been listening so far. We couldn't have done it without you, and the show is for you, so thank you so much. (laughs) Question? Okay, question of the week time. If you made a deal with Hecate, the demon... Would you choose wealth and power or eternal youth and why? And we got some good answers on this one, Rob. We did. We did. Yeah. So last episode, we dealt with a woman who had to choose between the two. It wasn't really on screen, but we found out that she could have had one or the other and she chose wealth and power. So uh, what did some of our charmies say? So speaking of Friday the 13th, they answered wealth and power. 
I would hate to see everyone around me age and die while I remained. At least with wealth and power, I can help. See, they're thinking about others. That's so nice. With this, and I feel horrible because it was <laughs> all about me when I answered it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chinlin Pan, uh, who is, yeah, at Chinlin Pan on Twitter, eternal youth because I am scared of dying, which totally makes sense. Very valid feeling. And Robert Eppers. Robert from The Film Flamer says, Wealth. I don't mind getting older. The older I get, the happier I tend to be. However, the older I get, the more money I seem to need. Preach it, girl. (laughs) That was like the perfect poem I've ever read. Yeah. It rhymed in everything. I feel smarter just for I've read it. Read it. (laughs) Yeah, you feel super (laughs) smart right now. (laughs) We started at a very low bar. (laughs) We did. (laughs) Um, Holly Starkey at Holly underscore Starkey. Hard question. First choice power, second choice wealth, third choice eternal youth. So she split it up into three categories, uh, which is cool, which is cool. But she obviously prefers the money and power over youth. Uh, Okay, go ahead. What's the next one? Uh, Ryan Terry says, I'd choose wealth and power because with wealth, I could remain young looking for a long time. Works for Joan Collins. Sadly, (laughs) not so much for Kim Novak. Ooh, he just read her. Yeah. And with wealth and power and purchase good looks, I might just land a man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Melissa from Brooke uh, Reading Pod. Wealth. Easy. Wow. That might be more frightening that I didn't even blink when given the choices. <laughs> Hashtag in the poor house. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, Queen of Pop, says, Do you think it's really Vanessa Hudgens? Well, Hutch well is I know, I'm just kidding. I know. Is that her last name? I thought it was. I thought it was Hutchinson, but I could be wrong. Mm. It's probably Hutch I don't know. <laughs> Power. Power gives you the ability to have wealth, and wealth can keep you young. <laughs> So she's thought of (laughs) clever, well played. What a clever little white witch. I know. (laughs) Um, Ashley Bernal says, um, and this is at uh, the the underscore movie Oracle. Easy, wealth and power. Could afford security and stability. Never worry again. Eternal youth just means watching everyone die while being frozen in time. You know who else said that? Who? Ernest Menville. Of Death Becomes Her. He did not want to live forever because he had to watch everyone around him die. Mm-hmm. You monsters need to be stopped. <laughs> Get the potion from him. Wow. I love that movie. <laughs> Let's see. Faux Fright Podcast. Eternal Youth. You could do a lot more good in this world if you're around much longer. Again, thinking about others. Right. We're horrible people. This is kind of split in the middle. It's funny how it wasn't just a one-sided answer. There's benefits to both. Mm -hmm. So thank you, everyone, for answering that question. Um, We love incorporating you in this, and it's great you guys are joining the conversation. So keep at it. We'll have another question for you at the end of the episode. Alrighty then. Um, The Fourth Sister, Episode 7. This originally aired in November 18th, 1998. Uh, It was written by Edith Swenson uh, and directed by Gil Adler. Uh, Guest stars, we have Danielle Harris as Aviva. 
Uh, Brian Krause is back again as Leo Wyatt, along with Rebecca Carlton as Callie and Rebecca Balding as Jackie. All right, go ahead. What do we got? How do we start this? All right. In a world where... No. <laughs> um, we start with our new character, Aviva, who's Danielle Harris. And she's sitting in a darkened room with lighted candles. And she's chanting to Callie, who is in the mirror before her. And Callie instructs her to make friends with our sisters however possible. And if she does, it'll grant her power. Mm-hmm. So she tells her to go to the sisters, but as Aviva is leaving, she doesn't notice that Callie in the mirror is actually evil because all this fire erupts around her and her eyes turn red. She's basically the phoenix, but less cool. Yes. <laughs> so uh, to summon Callie for anyone who didn't watch the episode in order to contact Callie, Aviva has to summon her in the mirror. She made a small altar in uh, front of her mirror consisting of five candles. I think it was yes. Five black candles and a small figurine. Six other black candles were surrounding her. Uh, Aviva sat in uh, the Lotus position. So we're just, you know, or her legs cross as she um, concentrated and began to chant the following spell. Come to me, Callie. I conjure thee, Callie. So that's what she did to get her to come to come in. So what did you think when you saw Danielle Harris? I thought nothing much because actually I didn't recognize her at first, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, did you eventually figure it out, or you had to wait until it was over? I recognized her later in the episode. Did you see her name in the credits? Yes. Okay, and you still didn't know who it was, or you were like... Oh, was it in the beginning credits? Well, you know, when it, when the show comes on. Oh, I didn't notice Yeah, they always list, you know, the credits huh. as they go through San Francisco, and then they meet at the house, and... Right, because I'm most used to her as... Jamie from Halloween 4 and 5 where she's a little girl and then fast forward to I saw her in Hatchet where she has longer hair so I wasn't used to this very young slicked back hair Danielle but you know what's funny though it's surprising that you didn't recognize her easier because she played this emo girl in Urban Legend oh I don't remember Urban Legend ah well she had longer hair if I remember correctly but at the same time she was still pretty emo oh I remember what you're talking about mm-hmm okay. yeah wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so then we go over to our girls where surprise surprise look who's back from I believe episode two right uh yeah Leo uh, Wyatt mm-hmm so, like you said last episode, we're starting to see the um, benefits of staying tuned in because there's recurring people and themes. Yes. So, Leo's working on the house again. And who else is tuned in to him being there but Piper and Phoebe? And I love this whole bickering they have going on through the whole episode. My favorite was when... Let me get the names right. When Phoebe says when phoebe says to piper think of her as your mom i know i do because <laughs> what's a bigger turn off than thinking of someone as your mom yeah <laughs> and i thought to myself with all this bickering they're doing how great would it be for leo to be gay 
I know. <laughs> I know. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah. And, yeah. So then um, Prue notices what's going on and pulls Phoebe, of course Phoebe, because she's always picking on Phoebe, out of the room and basically says, hey, your sister likes him. Back the fuck off. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> she just <laughs> yells at her, Phoebe! <laughs> just pulls <laughs> right. out. I love that. Mm-hmm. And Phoebe's kind of clueless like what you mean like it's fair game and then prue brings up remember roger and phoebe again is like i didn't fuck roger calm the fuck down i'm a potty mouth today rob it feels liberating a little bit all right i'll calm down all right so the girls kind of check out leo's bottom together i don't blame them and then um Prue kind of helps to remind Phoebe that Piper doesn't get out as much, so let her have this one. And I love that when they bring Piper into the room, they kind of ask her, uh, Phoebe kind of asks her, am I a boyfriend stealer? And Piper's like, yeah, remember blah, blah? And she's like, that was eighth grade. And she's like, yeah, you kissed him. (laughs) So apparently she's a boyfriend stealer. Yeah. So Piper and Phoebe end up agreeing to just kind of having a friendly competition. Leo is fair game. Whoever can win his heart. So, of course, Leo had to have a nice ass. Yeah. He did. He did look really good in this episode, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Piper actually tells Phoebe, you know, I saw him first. She's like, uh she's like, uh-huh, I saw him first. Do you play by those rules with your friends? Like, if they seriously claim somebody, are, are they, you're like, fine off limits? Or do I, you care? I saw her first. Gotta fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. And I think part of the reason for that is a lot of times the guy that I think is cute, my friends don't. Okay. Apparently I have a weird taste just different taste yeah that's fine thanks okay well i've always had to play by that freaking rule and it sucked and it was it yeah it was horrible and i was always the better fit but you know they saw him first as always so (laughs) (laughs) i had to lay off but you know i mean i yeah i always chose friendship over a guy it's not a big deal to me to do that but um yeah never yeah i didn't mind it So we move from the sisters back over to Aviva where we get to see a little bit of her emo side. She's even writing in a diary, Rob. So she's writing in her diary. She's staying with her Aunt Jackie, who Aunt Jackie's worried about her niece's behavior. And right off the bat, we find out they don't get along. Um, Aviva's like, why haven't you talked to mother? Why won't you let me talk to her? Turns out the mom's in a rehab. And um, Aunt Jackie just doesn't understand why Viva's so hostile towards her. So not a good home life. Mm-hmm. I got excited from this next scene. Okay. Because we go to Prune Andy, wait for it, in a video store. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, I miss the video store so much so much and they were even shopping for vhs no less right i just thought that was so amazing um there wasn't no name brand they weren't at like hollywood video or anything they were just at a video store and it was freaking awesome i actually wrote in my notes oh my and i capitalized every letter g-l-o-b oh my glob (laughs) they're in a video store i know 
part of what I miss about it too is just like it was frustrating back then, but walking around not knowing what movie you're gonna get and trying to figure that out, mm-hmm. like that's how my sister and I found. But I'm a cheerleader. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. very nice. All right, but anyway, so they're they're frustrated because they can't figure out what movie they're gonna watch, and um, especially with Andy. He's upset with Prue because he says she always runs away whenever they're going to have time together. So Prue keeps saying, that's not going to happen this time. That's not going to happen. Let's get a movie and have a night in. So they're taking forever getting a movie. And that's when the video store clerk comes up. Which I love that they made a point to have this video clerk come in because I worked at a video store for a long time and you notice people who are just so indecisive they end up walking out without a rental and that is not good for business so he swoops in there and was like you two look like two minutes from walking out of here with no rental do you mind if i help can i just get you something and he doesn't ask what they want what kind of movie they're just he's like i'm gonna go get it so that's probably when they have their conversation about like not having time for each other Mm -hmm. so he comes back with the movie Body Heat. Yep. And apparently, I guess he just read the room and they needed something very exotic or erotic and thriller or whatever to kind of meet in the two. Um, because I think they wanted two different types of movies or something. Yeah, he wanted Die Hard 3 and she wanted something more romantic. Yeah, so it was kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I looked up Body Heat. Oh. Yes, so Body Heat, um, the movie that they rented, was 1981, rated R. It was a crime drama and also romance. Uh, In the midst of a searing Florida heat wave, a woman persuades her lover, a small-time lawyer, to murder her rich husband. It was directed and written by Lawrence Kasdan. So this sounds like a lot. Did you see that trailer with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway? And she talks him into killing. Yeah. That's what this sounds like a lot. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it starred William Hurt and Kathleen Turner along with uh, Richard Crenna. So the magic words. I'd see it for Kathleen Turner. <laughs> so yeah, that was what they rented, Body Heat. Mm-hmm. They go on their way with their movie and we cut back to Aviva who has summoned Callie again. And we find out that Callie had talked to Viva into stealing Kit, the cat. Break me a piece of that Kit cat bar. <laughs> um, so she's been keeping Kit in her closet. So now her plan is to take Kit to the sisters and return him. Yeah, that's something that we didn't mention in the beginning. Um, the episode started with um, them having flyers to look for Kit because she's been missing for a couple of days. And so now we find out that Aviva has had Kit this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, remind me, didn't you tell me you were once emo? Yes. I thought so. So tell everyone how <sighs> that life was and was Aviva's emo attitude accurate? Well, I didn't have a diary, Rob. <laughs> okay. But I did have the whole like one-eyed emo haircut where the bangs were over one eye You're such a conformist stop <laughs> it i am a conformist <laughs> um i used to wear eyeliner i used to paint my nails black i used to wear a lot of black clothes um 
I feel like in my teenage years, I was a Viva where my door would be closed a lot. I would get super irritated with like my sister and my family. So yeah, it was accurate. Okay. And so Viva didn't, she wasn't a poser. She, they got the character right. Yes. Okay. They got her right. She was not a poser. Okay. If they wanted to add just a little bit to really sell it, she would have been listening to The Cure. Okay. Okay. Was she listening to anything? I don't think that she had music playing at all. Well, this time I didn't get to watch it on the DVD, so it could have been playing a good song. I I wonder if she had any posters on her wall with music. I I should have paid attention to that. But um, yeah, that would have been interesting. Okay. Well, cool. I I was really curious because I was like, I remember you telling me this. So I wonder if they got her character right. Good memory. So here's the thing about emo, though. Like, they act like they're so different, but yet oh, I'm deciding to be emo today, so I'm going to just dress in all black. You can't be emo and wear just any old clothing. You have to be dark on the outside. Like, it's, yeah. There's this comic. It's a short comic by Jonan Vasquez, who did um, Invader Zim. And I love it because it's this emo girl, and she's getting ready to go to a goth club, and she's out of her black pants. So she puts on regular jeans, and she goes... And all the emo people, they're like, wow, she's wearing jeans. That's so different. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I thought emo was a statement or a feeling and not a look. Yeah, usually emo people, I think, wear a lot of black and then just are sad all the time. Okay. All right. And different. (laughs) Yeah, very (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. I'll start reading. Okay. Uh, next we go to Piper. She's walks. She walks in on Leo finishing up, uh, basically help fixing the house still, and asks him if he wants to go see a movie. And actually, I love the scene right here because I love again they're bickering. He's like, "Oh, this wood. It needs a perfect finish." And she's like, "Oh, I'm into that." Phoebe's not. She doesn't care. She's more into stucco. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, yeah, no, she's no. They're both going at it for for real. Uh, I like how Piper is kind of fighting back. Um, so Aviva knocks on the door. She arrives with Kit. Uh, she claims to have found her two hours ago and fed her before coming over. Piper offers her a reward, but Aviva uh, declines. Um, Prue and Andy walk in, and Prue offers to pay Aviva. But instead, Aviva blurts out that she wants to talk about magical stuff. She goes Wicca, specifically. And the sisters are, like, freaking out. Uh, Basically, the house was supposed to be empty by the time Prue got home. Because she promised Andy there would be no interruptions whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And um, they were just about to head out and... Phoebe even found out about the movie that they were going to. And she was like, magnify tag along. Yep. And he's like, yeah, cool, whatever. You can come along. It's fine. And, you know, Piper's kind of pissed. But, yeah, the night obviously takes a turn because uh, Aviva knows about them being witches. And so the sisters try to get Aviva out, but she is insisted that she stays. She's like, I'm not leaving until we talk. And then she points to Andy, who's holding a stovetop popcorn case, and she makes the um, bag um, practically pop because she has the power of pyrokinesis. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so as the popcorn starts to pop right in front of Andy and Leo, uh, Piper freezes the room, but Aviva doesn't freeze. I noticed that. Do you remember the rule about that? Witches don't freeze. Exactly. Now, see, anybody can say a spell or two, but apparently Aviva is at a point to where she has actual power that was given to her. She didn't, she, she doesn't, she's not born with it. Kylie gave it to her and she doesn't freeze. So Prue orders her out. Aviva sets the tape that Prue rented and holding on fire as well. And then she just walks out of the room. Um, the room unfreezes and popcorn blasts all over Andy and Leo. And they wonder where the girl went and... Prue made it seem like she just left because she uses her powers to shut the door. And so she leaves, and then obviously the night is ruined. So this scene drove me crazy for two reasons. Number one, she brings the cat back, and they just have her come and chill in the house. Like, who does that? She's a stranger. Mm -hmm. And I did think it was hysterical when they were so perturbed that Aviva was mentioning Wicca. Wicca's like... A pretty common thing that people practice but they freaked out about it okay my thing is if you just found our cat two hours ago how do you know so much about us and how do you know we're witches yeah that's like, a very good point right like right there like i'm just this random cat that i found oh my god it looks like i know where to take it and you know everything about me right yeah i just found your cat you're a tauros you like pizza yeah <laughs> It's so weird. And here's the thing. Aviva, obviously, what she gets out of this is that she would get sisters. Now, she's being very aggressive. I don't understand why she thought that the way she went about this was the correct way to do it. I'm, I'm just going to mention Wicca in front of everyone, you know, and like they're going to be OK with it and they're going to want to talk to her immediately. And it's just like, no. And then when they asked her to leave, she was like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm like, who are right. you? <laughs> I just was like, how is your plan working? You suck at this. This is so bad. Callie doesn't seem surprised that Prue shooed her away. She thinks that Phoebe will be the more understanding. However, Aviva is a bit nervous. But Callie reminds her that she was the one who wanted a family. In return, Callie wants to be able to tap into the magic of the Hollowell line. They always go after poor Phoebe. What do you mean go after her? The villains are always like, Phoebe's weak. Go after her. She's easy. Well, I mean, think about it. What does that say about Phoebe? True. I mean, I don't want to say it's true, but she... I, I don't even think the word is gullible. She's just... Not easy to manipulate, but she's... She has an open heart and she they, wants to trust. Yeah, open mind and open heart. I guess she's just easier to just see different sides. And um, yeah, and so that's what's so interesting about this next scene, though, too. So the next morning, uh, Prue tries to patch things up with Andy over the phone and talks him into coming over that night. Prue is still very angry at Aviva, but Phoebe points out that Aviva did bring Kit back. Prue suspects that Aviva might be a warlock and probably stole the cat to begin with. Mm -hmm. And uh, But Piper points out that Aviva doesn't freeze, which means that she may very well be a good witch, like they are. Prue is still suspicious, 
and points out that she might very well be evil. Uh, she talks Piper and Phoebe into keeping their distance from Aviva until they can find out more about her. As Prue and Piper head for work, Aviva calls Phoebe. Uh, later that day, Phoebe and Aviva meet at her at Aviva's school. Aviva cuts the rest of the day, sneaks out of school, and offers to tell Phoebe about herself. Um, Leo, meanwhile, comes to Quake and to show uh, Piper some samples of the uh, stain that the house originally is used on the manor doors. Piper decides to pay for lunch, and Leo wonders if Phoebe actually works at Quake, and then Piper goes, no, she's probably at some lesbian and gay meeting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, and before that, too, she's like, work? She doesn't have a job. And then she says the gay and lesbian thing I'm like this, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that I did want to point out on here is that I am totally Prue. I trust nothing and no one and everyone in between. She was like. Yeah, she probably stole the cat to get into our Gregory. I immediately would have thought that. That is so me. But um, who would you be in this situation? I would be a mix. I usually, I think, start out as the Phoebe, and then as I think it through, turn into the Prue. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I immediately would just be, because it's, it's just too easy. It's just too easy. But um, when Aviva and Phoebe are at her school... And she comes out. She was like, you didn't tell your bitch of a sister that you came over. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck are you? Right. How dare you? How are you going to call my sister a bitch? And I love the fact that Phoebe defended her. I really, I really like that. But yeah, so Aviva goes, it's funny how you knew I was talking about Prue and not Piper. Still, though. I don't like it. Only I can call my sister a bitch, not you. Yeah. I would be really pissed if that happened. But a question for you, though. So far, Piper and Phoebe have come with very quick and witty ways to turn off Leo from the other. Right off the bat, you're in competition with somebody for a man. What what would you lie about and scheme and do to get the other guy? Do you do you have a line that you would tell somebody? <laughs> um, no, I'd just probably tell them they're straight or they like hit people. I don't know. I would say something. <laughs> Como se dice micro penis? <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> just put it that way. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I've never had to do anything like that, so. I, yeah, I wouldn't know exactly what to say, but yeah, it would probably be something along the line of that. Okay. <laughs> Later that night, Phoebe is showing Aviva around the manor. Uh, Phoebe tells Aviva that she and Piper are fighting over Leo. Aviva suggests that Piper um, tilt the odds by casting a spell on Leo or using her powers. Uh, Phoebe wonders why Aviva knows that the sisters are witches. Aviva tells Phoebe that she's been uh, trained by a high priestess. Uh, Phoebe wants to meet her, and they go up to Phoebe's room. Callie briefly appears in the mirror. Aviva has Phoebe touch a dead plant, so they're basically holding hands. And she's like, I'll show you my power if you show me yours. 
And so she channels the same power that Aviva has into Phoebe. And she touches the dead plant and it comes to life, basically using the, the heat of the sun. Uh, Prue walks in on them and is very angry to see Aviva there. Uh, Aviva tries to drive a wedge between Prue and Phoebe. I mean, she immediately, tr- she's triggered. She's like, this is her room, not yours. Get out. Like, sorry, we don't all live like you. But yes, yeah, she gets immediately triggered and tries to kick Prue out. Um, as Phoebe tries to calm uh, Prue down, Andy arrives at the door. It's another night that is completely ruined. Uh, Andy is pissed at this point. Like, he does not hide his feelings one bit. He's like, oh, dear. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoebe, um, um, so Andy has to leave. She says, look, let's just meet for lunch tomorrow at Quake. So sorry. And he agrees and leaves. So right off the bat, I have a weird mind because this scene would have been a lot hotter in my mind. Because Phoebe's basically like, hey, Viva, let's go to my room. And then she's like, have you ever kissed anyone before? And he was like, no. And then they kiss. And then she's like, did you just put your tongue in my mouth? Is that cruel? Yes. Okay. I was about to say, I know you're doing some That's movie. where my mind went right away to the scene from Cruel Intentions. You're funny. Um, so then, uh, let's see. So, Sean, why did Andy have to leave? After Andy left... They basically had one, like two or like one small discussion, one or two senses, and Aviva ended up leaving. (laughs) And I'm like, did you really need the entire night to just kick her out after five minutes after Andy? Andy could have waited in the car and come back and had their evening. It's like you didn't need the rest of the night to deal with this. I noticed that too. Like the whole thing was so obviously just to push them apart Mm -hmm. unnecessarily. Yeah, I'm. It was just weird, but it's just funny how like, yeah, date over, can't do this. I was like, no, excuse me, let me just kick this woman out, and then we'll have our evening. Right. But Aviva again wanting this family. I mean, what exactly is she trying to get? Because you can't just actively in front of two sisters try and put them against each other. And then there were multiple times when she was just like, just do something to Piper, you know, and get her man. And then it's like, no, she's you're not the boss of her and blah, blah, blah. This is her room. She can do it. Like, why would you do that? How would they accept you doing all that drama? Yeah, she didn't go about this the right way at all. But again, it's it's just triggers. Like, mm-hmm. she obviously has a lot going on at home. I think around this point, we find out that her mom's in rehab mm-hmm. and she's staying with her aunt who is, uh, you know, her, you know, mom's sister. And, um, yeah, she's not really, I mean, they obviously, yeah, they don't have the best of friendship, but, you know, she's constantly being walked in and told you can't do this and yada, yada, yada. So it's like a trigger for her. Well, and it's easy, too, when there's someone you care about, if there's someone that they fight with, it's easy to just take their side and automatically see that other person as the villain. Mm -hmm. So I could see that. So back at Aviva's, Callie thinks that they have lured Phoebe to their side if Prue hadn't have been around. So Aviva is very angry at Prue. Just then, Aunt Jackie barges in, and she found out that Aviva cut school and wants some answers. But then she also noticed that she's sitting in the middle of an altar or a circle, and she's like, what is going on around here? So they start arguing, 
and Callie gestures in the mirror, causing several candles to flare up. And one of them actually sets Jackie's dress on fire. And while Aunt Jackie tries to put it out frantically, smothering the flames, but she ends up falling down the stairs and is knocked out. Um, Aviva is super scared and calls out to her on the top of the staircase. Um, so what do you think about Aunt Jackie's approach and, <laughs> and like taking care of her and having her stay at the house? You've seen a couple of scenes with her already and they obviously seem to be at odds. I personally doesn't, don't think she likes her and gives two shits about this girl because she's very disappointed in her sister. She's like, she's on drugs. It's on her. Like she chose her route and I'm just going to put all this frustration on you. That's kind of what I'm seeing. Right. Yeah. Cause this is, I think the worst way to approach Aviva because Aviva is all about being different and having privacy and Aunt Jackie's all about just barging into the room and demanding answers. So they're right off the bat opposites. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> disaster. Yeah. While uh, the paramedics tend to Aunt Jackie at the hospital, uh, Callie tells Aviva to go back to the sisters. Uh, she's convinced that Phoebe is already on their side. And Piper will easily be won over. Uh, she just wants Aviva to kill Prue and take her place in the power of three. Aviva goes to the manor and convinces the sisters to let her stay the night, promising not to use any magic. But she has no place to go, seeing as her Aunt Jackie is um, in the hospital. So they all kind of agree to have her stay, and again, no magic. Uh, uh, Aviva uh, decides to sleep in Phoebe's room, and Phoebe agrees. She's totally cool with that. Um, but while Aviva is sleeping with Phoebe in, in her room, uh, Callie appears late at night and tells Aviva it's time to go after Prue. So she sneaks out of her room, walks down to Prue's room. She opens the door, finds her sleeping, and then she raises her hand as if she was going to create a fireball and shoot it at her. But before that could happen, Piper finds out and asks her, like, what are you doing? She doesn't see the fireball or anything, but, you know, Aviva covers it up saying she's looking for the bathroom and then she points to where it is. Piper then looks in on Prue, sees that she's fine, but she has this worry look on her face. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Do you want kids? Hell no. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm at this moment not really in the mindset of having kids anytime soon but um it had you had a kid who was emo and being emo yourself like would you do you think you'd be able to handle this particular situation um this is a tough one i'd like to think that i wouldn't get to this point with my child but if i did I wouldn't go about it like Aunt Jackie. I think I would try to just reset and be like, hey, let's go get dinner and just try to have an open conversation because mm -hmm. that's kind of what I did with my sister when she was a teenager. I just told her flat out, you know what? I'm going to regret saying this, but I want you to tell me everything because I don't want you to make the same mistakes her mom did. Mm -hmm. And she laid it all out for me and yeah. I've been able to be there for her. It's good. That's good. <laughs> so the next morning... 
we have Prue visiting Aunt Jackie in the hospital. And Aunt Jackie mentions, Aviva's kind of a weird girl, and she does all these strange chants and rituals. And so this part drove me a little bit crazy, too, because then the conversation basically goes like this. Hey, my name is Prue. I'm a stranger, and I just met your niece, but she's staying with us, so it's cool. Hey, can I go into your house and get her clothes? (laughs) And Jackie's like... Sure, that sure. sounds fine with me. Why not? <laughs> Why not? As long as she's not in my house no more, get right. what you need. Get what you need. I found this scene to be very disturbing because um, she talks about all the strange chants and things like that, and she goes, sometimes I even feel like I can hear voices. And Prue says, hey, you know, well, she came across our home because she found our cat. And returned her to us. Oh, and then yeah. she's like, oh, those must have been the sounds, or that's what she was hiding. And Prue was like, say what now? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I'm really surprised that um, Aviva didn't like sacrifice the poor thing. And then that's when she goes into, oh, yeah, she's been doing these weird chants and hearing voices. I swear she's talking to somebody. I found that to be super prejudiced because just because she's wearing all black doesn't mean she's out there killing animals and fucking, you know, like, you know, worshiping the devil. And, you know, they even use the term black magic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know nothing about magic. You just see a girl who's like super down and like dressed all like different. And all of a sudden she sacrificed cats. I thought that was kind of fucked up. And see, that brings up a good point, too. That's where for from my perspective, my parenting wouldn't be making all these accusations like, mm-hmm. oh, you must be killing animals. But I would go more along, tell me about what you're doing. Tell me about this practice you found so that way I could learn about it, try to understand it. And then once you understand it, if you're not comfortable with it, that's when you try to yeah, put yourself into the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we find that Piper is at Quake with Andy and they're trying to get a hold of Prue because this is where Prue was supposed to meet with Andy. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So once again, Andy's pissed off. Yeah, pays and jets out. She's like, yeah, right. Yeah. Whatever. I don't need to be fed your bull. Whatever. You guys are all together in on this, hating on me. So, you know, before this, you know, Andy was a bit of a stalker. Now he's getting let on. What do you think now? Is Andy just still like this lovesick dude who's just like all over her and... No, now he's fighting back. He's like, this dick isn't going to suck itself. <laughs> you are so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but yeah, the tables have turned with him. He's no longer just following her around, literally, creeper. But now he's standing up for himself. But he, I mean, he likes her, though. He does. It's yeah. cute. Uh-huh. Okay, so as they're trying to reach Prue, we find that Prue has reached Aviva's room and she's... Reading through the diary, which actually lays out a lot of Callie's plans for how to get Aviva to infiltrate the sisters. Mm -hmm. So Prue's on to her and she calls Phoebe to um, to tell her about everything that she's found and tells her to call Piper and to make sure that she's safe and to not let Aviva out of her sight. Mm hmm. So then Aviva, back at the house, is pretending to be tired, and she goes up to Prue's room. Leo's still at the house, and he sees Aviva, 
And I love that he makes this kind of accusation. He asks, so is uh, Phoebe and Aviva um, bumping clams? (laughs) Are they in a relationship? So Phoebe scoffs and suggests that, um, of course, Piper would say this. She's on so many fucking meds that she doesn't know anything anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, Like, Leo basically just notices their sort of relationship. And then, you know, she... he. He's staring at her, and Phoebe's just like, what? Why are you staring at me? And she goes, nothing. It's just something that Piper said, but forget (laughs) it. And she's like, no, tell me what Piper said. I want to know what she said. And then she just kind of brought up, like, you know, are you two in a relationship? Right. All right. So then Phoebe gets mad, and she picks up Aviva's jacket. And just then, she gets a premonition of Aviva throwing a fireball at Prue. So she rushes upstairs and she witnesses Aviva throwing the fireball and it hits the jacket that Phoebe's holding and sets it on fire. So horrified at what she's done, Aviva runs out the door. Yeah, so she basically intercepted her premonition while Prue was supposed to be the one walking into the room. It was Phoebe. Mm -hmm. So we find that Phoebe is slightly burned on her arm. And Prue, Piper, and Leo are kind of tending to the wound, wound, <laughs> tending to her womb. Mm-hmm. So Phoebe actually covers for Aviva and says, "Perhaps one of the candles got too close. One of Aviva's candles got too close to her arm." So why do you think she did that? Did what? Stuck up for Aviva. Well, I mean, Phoebe does relate to. Or um, Yeah, Phoebe does relate to Aviva in a way. I mean, even when they were at the school and they met and Aviva was like, I bet you, you, you know, cut classes pretty much like I did when you were younger and got into trouble. So it was just more giving her the benefit of the doubt. And then also her age, you know, she's just a kid and she doesn't know what she's doing. She's going through a whole bunch of stuff and blah, blah, blah. So that's true. Yeah. All right, so Leo's there at the moment to get an estimate on his work. So they send him out to go do the estimate, and then Phoebe tells Prue and Piper a little bit about what really happened with the fireball incident. And Prue tells them that she thinks Callie is an evil spirit that is using Aviva, and the sisters head up to the attic. Okay, so at this point, I will say... Well, let me see. I'm sorry. Hold on. Because I think it's either written in this... Oh, it is? Okay, never mind. Um, I will take that out. So if you have something to say, go ahead. Okay. So one thing I really liked about this scene, and one thing that struck me, is we kind of got a turn of the tables. Because Phoebe basically says, Aviva's evil, we need to stay away from her. And Prue's the one who actually sticks up for Aviva now and says, hey, it's not her, it's Callie's influence on her. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is uh, starting to see the growth of the sisters of Phoebe starting to be a little more pessimistic towards people rather than trusting them right away. Mm -hmm. And Prue opening up and looking at the whole situation before just getting angry and just saying everybody's evil. Yeah. So I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Back at Aviva, she's packing all of her witch stuff into a backpack. 
Because she's done with being a witch now. She's tired of being used. She's tired of the powers. She just wants to be done with it. So Callie's being super nice right now. So right off the bat, I'm like, whatever she says, don't do it. Yeah, I love it, though. But when she comes in and she's packing, Kelly just appears in the mirror. Where do you think you're going? Yep. <laughs> she's like, you can't leave. Yeah, she's like, hey, buddy, just touch the mirror. Just touch the mirror and everything will go away. Yeah, so, I'll go away. Yeah, that's all. So, of course, Aviva touches it and gets possessed. Yep, possession. Mm-hmm. Never send a girl to do a witch's job. Yep. Mm-hmm. And her face gets all, like, crazy looking. Yeah. <laughs> so the sisters, meanwhile, in the attic do find information on Callie. They find out she's an evil sorceress who only appears in reflections, such as mirrors. And then she uses people, um, usually innocents, as a way to kill witches and then take their power. So that's why she's targeting the sisters, because three for the price of one. Yes. (laughs) And the only way to vanquish her is to shatter her reflection. And now at that same moment, Aviva enters the attic, but she's possessed, and she throws fireballs all over the place. I really wanted it to make that noise, like, like the Mario noise. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. And Aviva actually is able to snap out of it long enough to shout for help before Callie takes control again. And then she goes, never mind. Never mind. I was like, well, okay, let's be funny right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that was, yeah, that was funny. So Phoebe realizes, hey, Piper, freeze a bitch. Piper's skeptical, though, since Aviva can't freeze however phoebe thinks that callie will freeze so piper freezes her and they get to eject aviva from the body so yeah um aviva doesn't freeze so obviously she would fall to the ground while callie is frozen where she's Mm -hmm. at jumping out of her body right and then prue flings callie into the mirror and then phoebe smashes it destroying callie All right, and then the sisters give Aviva one of Prue's old dresses, and Aviva uh, admits, I'm gonna miss the powers, but it's cool, I'm human again. And Phoebe swears Aviva to secrecy. Meanwhile, Andy confronts Prue, and he's fed up with her, and he refuses to talk to her. Yeah, they have this um, very heated discussion in front of his apartment, and um, this is what I love, too. Prue actually is in her car, just chilling, doing a stakeout, waiting for this man to come home, and then when he arrives, she jumps out of her car, they start talking, and he's like, I'm done. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I've tried to have an evening with you, and you won't tell me what's going on, and like, if you don't want to tell me, that's fine. You just have to, like, trust me and let me in or do something. And he tries to walk away, but he can't. He's like, I'm still in love with you, Prue. I can't walk away from this. I just need you to, like, cut me some slack. Like, what do you like? What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't tell you. It has nothing to do with you. It's just we're not there yet, and I can't give you that secret. And then he basically starts using past tense words and she was just like, are you breaking up with me? And he goes, I don't know. And then just leaves. Yeah. And that's it. 
Um, so what did you think about the uh, effects in this episode? Just with the Callie in the mirror and, you know, the fireball stuff and things catching on fire. And yeah, what did you think of the effects? I thought it looked fine. I mean, nothing stood out to me as terrible, but nothing stood out to me as great at the same time. They served their purpose and it worked. And um, how about the episode in general? I like this episode. Okay. I liked the sisters bickering over Leo. I thought that was fun. Um, And I liked the whole arc of Aviva. I like seeing her start off as super bitter. I like seeing her kind of fall by trying to get the sisters to fight and then seeing her redemption at the end. What's funny about this uh, episode is um, just watching the whole Phoebe uh, Piper thing sort of play out. Did you have any sort of like um, feeling on who was going to like get who with Leo? I wanted Phoebe with Leo more. Okay. But Piper's comebacks were better. Okay. Like, she was on it this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and you saw how Leo actually agreed to the movie. He yeah. He was just like, when does that movie start? Because at first he was like, no, that's mm-hmm. okay. You don't have to pay me back with the dinner or whatever. It's fine. But then all of a sudden he was like, when's that movie going to start? Right. And then he did agree to go to the lunch with her, even though it was kind of under the guise to as a working lunch. But yeah. he was eager to go to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really like that. Um, uh, I also wanted to ask you, even though Callie was the evil spirit, I kind of feel that Aviva was the actual villain of this story. I mean, powers aside, she did a lot mm-hmm. on her own. She only got possessed at the end. She agreed to kill someone. I don't know why you would think that because the spirit's gone, she's just fine. The woman has tendencies to take out bitches that are in her way. I don't know. Do you, I don't know if that's more of an influence because of Callie, or was that really her? And all it takes is somebody to just be on her side, and then like, yeah, if you just kill them, they'll be gone. And she agreed to it. She wasn't possessed when she threw that fireball. So I don't know. I just, I just feel like yeah, Callie might have been the one using her, but Aviva's not clean in this. And they give her this non-black outfit and just think everything's fine. And she's not wearing the black makeup. And she's all of a sudden, you know, I'm a girl. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, like, she's cool. And, you know, she'll go back to Aunt Jackie and they'll be fine. It's just like, you can't just take the black stuff off and everything's all good. Like, the woman needs help. Right. And you bring up a good point because that's terrified me. People like Aviva for years because you hear about... It's going to get really dark. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But like you heard, you heard about the uh, mother of the young son who was flamboyant and the mom's boyfriend and the mom herself ended up maltreating him and beating him until he died. And it's like people like that mom who are able to be manipulated to that point that they would commit murder of their own flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. That terrifies me that people are out there like that. Yeah. Not only can someone 
convince someone else to do that, but they're willing to go along with it. Mm-hmm. So what else are they willing to go along with? I don't know. Aviva still scares me to this yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Daniel Harris's acting? What did you think about that? I liked it. It was all right? Yeah, I thought yeah. she was good in this episode. Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, um, yeah, that is episode seven, people. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that one. An improvement. Yes, over that episode six. abomination of an episode. So usually when it comes to um, a show that's being greenlit first year out, they usually film up to about six episodes and run those all the way through, right? Mm-hmm. At this point of the sixth episode, they usually make a decision. Are they going to just keep it and give it a full season or maybe even half a season or just cancel it? Um, at this point, watching it, would you have made it a full season or shortened it? Do you think it's still like iffy? Would it have made it or are you pretty positive this is a good hit? Hmm. I probably would have made it a full season. Really? Just from what you saw? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we don't necessarily have a huge big bad, as you said, introduced yet. It's still very episodic, so... I think what they did that would have convinced me, though, is the mystery with the father. Okay. Because we got to meet him, we got to like him, but we still don't know why he left. So that's intriguing to me. Okay. Okay. So uh, a little bit of... Oh, yeah. One other question, too. Are we at a point in Charmed where it feels binge-worthy? Like, are you anticipating the next episode or are you still at a gradual pace that you can watch it once a week i'm still more excited to see you than watch (laughs) charmed at this point whatever (laughs) no i don't think i it's not binge worthy to me like i'm not dying to see the next episode yet okay all right who knows maybe we'll get to that point but you know the fact that it's on netflix and you could be watching it all the way through instead of just waiting to do the show once a week. Um, I was just curious, like, Mm. do you want to just push that play button one more time and watch another one yet? (laughs) Or are you like totally cool turning it off? Yeah, I'm cool turning it off. Okay. So just a few little uh, trivia facts for you. Um, So Brian Krause, who plays Leo and Daniel Harris, they actually work together in a horror movie. Ooh. Yeah. The movie is called Cyrus. uh, C-Y-R-U-S. Uh, 2010, um, an independent TV reporter and her cameraman interview a man in regards to a serial killer the man knew by the name of Cyrus. I believe that Leo Krauss was Cyrus. Uh, the man, Brian Krauss. Brian Krauss, excuse me. I said Leo Krauss. <laughs> um, the man traces back through the story of the serial killer and why he became a monster that he is. I want to say that this was a TV movie. Okay. But I could be wrong. But I just found that out um, on IMDb that they actually did this movie together. Hmm. Also, Prue's powers are growing. As I mentioned before, how they made it look like Aviva had left by slamming the door. Um, she She was able to close the door without even seeing the door. Oh. She did it out in a different room. Hmm. So, yeah, she's able to kind of manipulate stuff that she doesn't in uh, a visual of. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Sean. (gasps) What, Rob? You know what time it is. 
I do. It's time for Hot Man Meetup. <laughs> All right, so Hot Man Meter, we have one contestant for our top 10. Now, technically, he should not be in the running, but I personally found him to be attractive, so I'm going to bring the option to Sean, should he choose to use it. I am using Michael LeBlanc, the video clerk that helped Prue and Andy pick their movie. I found him to be a little Corbin, Corbin, um, God, what is his name? Corbin. Corbin Blue. Yeah. I just found him to be my little Corbin Blue. So, yes, I found him to be really cute. So he's definitely going on my list. But, Sean, do you find him cuter than your number 10, Fritz, Eric Matheny? With that hair, you can have him. <laughs> <laughs> so horrible you're such a hater okay fine he does not fit your top 10 but he's definitely going on mine so i am going to put him in my top 10 that means jack manford piper's little dream date is gone and he is gonna go over all right so he's right between andy trudeau and hans at number seven of Rob, 10. I have something dramatic I need to tell you. <laughs> what? But first, I need you to read me my top four. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Your top four is Pastor Williams at number one, Andy Trudeau, number two, Leo Wyatt, number three, and Alex Mendoza, Jack Manford at number four. I would like to move Leo Wyatt down. What? Leo where? He's my new number four. So switch number four and number three. How did this happen? He's just not as cute to me in this episode. I thought he was adorable <laughs> in this episode with his smiles at Piper. And... I don't know. He looked different in the other episode to me. Okay. All right, and he looked good to me. Well, I'm not changing my order. My order is just fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, Pastor Williams is still number one for me as well. And Tony Wong, who is played by Joe Ho, um, is at my number 10. Hmm. All right. Well, let's finish this episode up with a question of the week. <gasps> question. All right, so earlier in the episode, I asked Sean what sort of schemes or lies or uh, fables did he ever tell anyone to get the guy? So I am bringing this question to you. What is the, uh, I guess, extreme steps you had to take to get a guy's attention or to turn them off to another possible suitor? Um, I'll post this question on uh, Twitter as well as Instagram. Uh, we love your answers and reading them on the show. So tell us a scenario. Tell us what you would do if you were in that scenario. We'd love to hear your methods on how you get your uh, <laughs> men or women. And uh, we'll read that on, at the beginning of our next episode. And please include all tea and all shade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. So uh, I guess that's going to end our episode. Sean, thank you for recapping episode seven. And next week on Charmed, we've got the episode, The Truth is Out There and It Hurts. What do you think this one's about? Well, an alien's going to come to Earth and it's going to do an anal probe, no lube, on Phoebe. (laughs) Jesus. You are so disgusting. Um, Then don't ask me things. (laughs) That is not what it's about. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) And um, we will just move on from there. So join us next Sunday during brunch hopefully and um make sure to watch episode eight and uh yeah come back for a recap and yeah bye charmies <laughs>